Welcome to Bear Books for the love of indie. We're here to highlight and amplify self-published authors. With me, April Berry. And me, Daisy Ray. I'm quite excited because we've got a new author on today. The best part about doing this podcast is we get to introduce new authors to our listeners. However, we do have something that we want to tell you about, which we'll tell you about after we've heard from Ben. Ooh, you tease. I know. So make sure you're listening right till the end so you can hear the good news that's coming up. And now over to Ben. Joining us today is the indie author of debut novel To My Grave, the first novel in the Grave series. A big welcome to Ben Andrews. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. We'd love our listeners to learn about your novel To My Grave in your words. Why don't you tease us a little bit about what your book is about? Right. Well, I mean, it's mainly a mystery book which automatically makes it a bit difficult to um, tease with a mystery because there's so many secrets on every page. But um, I will try my best. It's really about a sort of middle-class family who obviously there's lots of sort of secrets and things in the past in the closet. And it was something that I wanted to look at is this thing that I feel like a lot of families in this country, in the UK, aren't very good at opening up or speaking about problems or things that have happened. And um, I wanted to sort of look at how that may have changed through the generations, because in the book, there's parts that are set 40 years ago and there's parts set in present day. And um, it's sort of that look at 40 years ago, things may have happened or gone on within a family and it would have just been sort of brushed under the carpet or hushed a bit and not talked about. And people would have thought, that will just be dealt with on its own. And then obviously present day, these sort of problems have ripple effects through generations. And I wanted to see how things have changed, like the mindset of actually being open and honest and talking about things that may have happened to you are going to be different. So I wanted to do that with the more grounded part of it. And obviously it's a book, it's a mystery book. So I wanted to also add in a bit more of um, a heightened drama, I suppose, where I added in there's like a sort of murder mystery running through it as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the gist of um, what's going on. But I wanted it to really focus on sort of a family unit and that sort of kitchen sink drama, but with that added sort of flair of more extreme storytelling, I suppose. Yeah, people do love a bit of drama inside of a family, don't they? Well, it's something that everyone can relate to, I think. You know, everyone has a family of some sort, so... Um, It's something that sort of can resonate with quite a few people. Yeah. So it would be completely remiss of me not to ask you about the one thing that, as you say, does bind this entire story from start to finish, and that is the secrets. Mm -hmm. My imagination would have me believe that you come from a world of secrets yourself. Is this the case? Well, I mean, parts of, you know, some of the story is completely just taken from somewhere in my mind. I'm not sure where it came from, but other parts... The more real human parts, I would say, the more things that happen to some of these characters in past and get revealed towards the end. It does stem from truth, from generations of my own family that we found out. Obviously, I've changed the generations and the the people it happened to compared to my own family because it didn't happen to me. So I don't really feel like that was particularly my story to tell. But it was something that when I was coming up with this, this book, 
I, it was something like I wanted to tell something that was rooted in truth. Yeah. So something that I can I know actually did happen. At the same time, I didn't want that to be like the main focus because that sort of thing didn't happen to me personally. There's parts of every character which are true. Yeah, I felt like it was interesting to see that sort of aspect of the things that happened in this family. And that is rooted in truth with our own um, family tree yeah. that we found out much, much later on. And um, I just thought it was an interesting thing because it's always nice to, you know, you're sort of told write about what you know for my first ever book, my first ever time writing, that was easier for me to stem from truth and um, expand on that with more elaborate drama pieces, which go on in the book. Yes, you are dead right there. One thing that helps you stand out from other new indie authors mm -hmm. is the fact that um, you tell part of it from the grave, which is a bit of an intriguing touch. Where on earth did that come from? <laughs> that really stems from me being you know i mean it, it, you say indie author there's no better definition than indie author than what i am i'd never contemplated a year ago ever writing or doing anything i'd never written a diary entry i've never done one piece of dialogue ever and um obviously the pandemic was happening i think a lot of people were struggling a few years ago and me included and um my mental health was really really bad i was stuck in a dead-end job my mind was slowly turning to mush and I thought I need to do something creative or anything just to use a different part of my brain that I've not used before. Yeah. And I sort of had that saying of, um, you know, everyone has a book in them. So I thought, oh, well, let's try and test that and see if it's true. So the narrator of the book um, dies. He's already dead in the first paragraph. And a way that is just, that was my way of being able to start a story and tell it from my point of view like a narrator and it was sort of filling in the gaps for me as I was writing so um yeah he he the character Neil he died and he appears in pretty much every chapter and he gives like a little tidbit about some background information of characters or his opinion on characters now that he's dead and he's sort of this he's viewing the whole thing from above obviously he's gone to his grave which is the title of the book he's gone to the grave keeping a secret the idea that he went to his grave um, with regret because he wasn't able to tell his secret or ask things about it and it was too late and it was sort of him feeling regretful and watching over and thinking you know if I did speak out if I did say that one thing yeah 17 years ago maybe everything would have been different for my family so uh, yeah that's where the narration came from it was just more for me as a very indie author very new that it helped me um just plot out the background and the stories of all the uh, characters yeah it kind of sounds like you're saying hindsight is a wonderful thing and then using it in your story to tell your story mm -hmm. to my grave is the first of an up-and-coming series so do you want each book to stand on its own or are you trying to find some connections between all of the books yeah I mean, when i first thought about doing this book like i say i'm it, even being called an indie author is just alien to me. It doesn't feel real. I was doing it mainly as a challenge to myself to see if I could do it and just to help. You know, I put a lot of my mental health problems and insecurities into these characters, these poor characters. <laughs> and I found it, it was actually helping me in my real life because I was putting it down in black and white for the first ever time. And it was helping me understand what was triggering me, what was my what my problems were and why I was feeling the way I was feeling. 
and I just found myself feeling so much better being able to write. And I got to the end of the book and I had everything plotted out the end and it was just going to be a standalone book. And then when I got to the end, I thought, you know what, these characters have been taken through so much in this book that I wanted to see, well, what happens next? Like, how do they deal with this? How do they cope with it? And um, there were a few changes I made at the end of the book so that there's less on a cliffhanger. And there's, I just felt like there was more to explore. So, I mean, I have three books planned at the moment and there's bits in each book which can hint towards things that happen in the future. And there are clues about stuff in book one which happened in book two. So yeah, at the moment it's a trilogy which is interesting because originally I thought it was just going to be one standalone thing. I was going to see if, if I could do it or not and release it. And then that would be my sort of challenge done. But I've, I've enjoyed it so much that um, I wanted to just, just keep going. Been bitten by the bug. I have. <laughs> so in, in terms of the book, the publishing process, has it changed the way that you're going to write your next one? I mean, I started writing the second one and I finished it before I released this one. So I've had two ready and the second one is due out in a few months. But I knew nothing about publishing. I knew nothing about writing. I joined some like Facebook groups and there was a really nice kind community. And, you know, I said, please help. I've re I reached the end on my manuscript on my first draft. I thought it was the best thing ever written and there was no problems with it. But you know, in reality, <laughs> there is a lot, there was so much I had to learn. So I've just found everything so interesting, even like the editing process and having someone read it and feedback and the point of views and the multiple point of views. And I've learned a lot. Like this is the first time I've ever written anything. And I just find everything so interesting, just formatting it and uploading it to Kindle and a book cover. So um, everything was such a learning curve. I'll bet it was. But, you know, I, I think I've gotten better. You know, I've written a third book, which is in the second series that I've started. And um, I've got obviously another one coming up soon as well. So Ooh, you are proper running with it now. I am. I'm, I'm learning with <laughs> each one. But that, that imposter syndrome is definitely real because, yeah. you know, there's never I don't ever do anything. Like You don't go to a job and don't have training or qualification or anything like that. But with yeah. being called an author or an indie author, I was sort of sitting there at 2 a.m. writing this and putting my thoughts and feelings down and to say I'm an author just felt so alien and unreal but um you know it, <laughs> I was doing it just for myself and for my challenge so that was the yeah. main the main goal of getting through all of this. So you were talking about other people reading mm -hmm. your book before it went to publish and changing things and the editing process so hearing back from your readers then what kinds of things did they have to say to you? Well, when I first finished it, there was just so much, you know, I was swapping points of view mid-sentence. There was just things like that, which is such rookie mistakes looking back now. Um, so it went through loads of different changes. And, um, you know, I got some feedback saying that some of the characters weren't likable. And in a way that was sort of deliberate because I wanted each character to have a past, a full past, like their story didn't begin when book one starts. Like every single character, I try to give them a history. Like there's yeah. characters who are 60 or 40 or 50 who've, you know, they've lived a full life. So that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to add in more twists and turns and, and I wanted to be able to interweave all the plots where someone finds something out in a newspaper agent, which has a ripple effect on the other main character, Jake, or 
the grandmother finds something out that Nan has a ripple effect and a consequence on a completely different B story. So I wanted it yeah. to be really interwoven because I'm a real big fan of sort of TV dramas and soaps and lots of big characters. And that's where it really came from for me because I want all their stories are interwoven and one person does something and then that affects someone else. And that's what I wanted to, uh, to achieve. So I had to add in a few extra sort of twists for sort of a B character who may not be that involved with the main mystery. So yeah. they then do something which has a ripple effect on something else, which then reveals a spoiler or a twist later on in the story. Do you like having to push your boundaries a little bit if somebody gives a suggestion or are you offended if somebody doesn't like what you've done? Oh, no, not offended at all. No, I I, I know that this is the first thing I've ever written. So I know it's not going to be, you know, number one New York bestseller. I'm, <laughs> I love feedback and even some of the reviews, which may not be, they may not be five stars, but they've written, you know, their reasons of doing it. I take it all in and I know that... um there's issues I you know it's the first thing I've ever written but I still think that it's it's grounded in sort of a reality and a truth that I hope that even though it may not be Shakespeare there will still be something for people to enjoy from it and um, hopefully if they continue reading the things I release they'll see the um, progress that I've I've made on the future books as well. Feedback is a brilliant thing with with any author yeah, I'm open to any feedback. It's, it's, you know, it's fine. I've got a tough skin. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> is Ben Andrews your real name or, or is it a pseudonym that you're using for writing? No, that's my real name. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> and does writing energise you or does it exhaust you? A bit of both, I suppose. I mean, when I was doing this first book, like I said, I was in quite a low point, which may come across in this book. You know, it's quite dark. And there's some quite difficult scenes that I had to write. And I was sort of doing it, you know, my partner would go to bed at 10 and I would sit in a room on my own in the dark and silence and be writing till like 2 or 3 a.m. just trying to get everything I was feeling out onto the page and then put it onto these characters, um, which was quite draining. But also in a way, I felt it really helped my my mental health. You know, I've I suffer with anxiety, which is what I gave the the main character Jake I gave him all my problems and gave it to him and I I helped that that sort of helped me um understand what was causing my anxiety or my panic attacks and you know like like triggers which causes Jake to have a panic attack in in the book like he can go to a restaurant and that can cause it and that's something that was true to me and I didn't really understand why I was getting triggered and things but writing it in black and white it made me realise, oh, actually, there was no danger in those situations um, yeah. because that's what I've been told by mental health nurses and stuff like that is, you know, anxiety is normal. It's just that you you need to tell your brain that actually you're in a safe area and there's nothing going on. So that's what's really helped me is putting it in black and white and putting all my problems onto this poor, <laughs> this poor boy. And it made me think, oh, actually, okay, yeah, now I'm reading it back. That may seem silly to some people reading it, that him being stuck in a restaurant with people watching him is causing him panic attacks and it sort of triggers something in my brain that sort of flips a switch and I was like yeah okay I can go and do these things or go to these places and and sort of look at it in a different point of view so it, in that way it did energize me as well because it, it sort of gave me a bit of my freedom back after being locked in from lockdown and coronavirus and you know I, I didn't really realize how 
bad my mental health had gotten. So that's sort of almost given me a bit of um, control back. That's really good to hear. What, what more could I ask for um, for writing a, a book yeah. <laughs> and a challenge for myself? Did you edit anything out of the book that you didn't want to or anything of note that, that you felt added to the story, but when you got the feedback that you realised you had to take that out? Yes, there was a, I think at the end of my first draft, I think it was about just under 100,000 words. <laughs> and the final one is about 75,000. Big difference. Yeah, there's quite a lot of um, stuff that wasn't needed. Like I say, a lot of that was the narration from Neil Monroe, who was sort of my voice and my sort of planning out. And I, I found that I would, I did so much of, background history on every single character that came up and all these stories and things they've done. And, and then a conversation would happen later in the chapter where they're retelling that same thing. So it was a lot of that, which I, um, I just deleted loads of um, his, his inner monologue and thoughts because actually a lot of that um, I could show in conversations. So um, yeah, main, it was mainly Neil's role, <laughs> which um, got axed quite a bit. Yeah. He, he was basically telling things that you're about to find out later in a chapter. So that was just like, Obviously, it was just a rookie mistake that I was um, I was making. Everybody does make rookie mistakes. What was the hardest part of the book to write? I always struggled with the character of Jane, who is the sister of Jake. They're like the two main characters, I would say. Um, but I found I always found her the most difficult to write because she's almost the m- most not like me. Like she's very determined and career driven and inquisitive I just I found her ones the hardest chapters to get down and to fill enough words with um with her stuff and in the second book as well because she has a she has a bigger role in the second book and I was just finding that really difficult to put myself in her head because she's so opposite from what anything I know or who I am but in the end you know I sort of got through it and every time I got to her point of view chapter I thought all right Okay, here we go. Um, but some of her chapters are probably the better ones because they're the more exciting ones because she's trained to be a journalist. So she's doing a lot of investigating and finding out lots of secrets and things. But just her inner thoughts was the hardest for me to uh, sort of get my head around because she's so confident and out there and driven and, yeah, like the opposite of what I am, really. Do you think part of it was because it's a female character? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life with um, females <laughs> um, and I, I used to be a hairdresser. So I used to... Oh, forget that question then. Yeah, I've got all these characters and people that I've met. And, you know, when you're doing someone's hair, people just open up to you and tell you, you know, act like a therapist. So yeah. I've, um, I've got a lot, of, a lot of the things that happen in this book and characters and story, all the quirks of the characters, they're all based on real people. And like, I wanted to make sure that they all felt real like even the quote-unquote villain I have a few point of views from their their thoughts and I you know they are a villain they're a horrible nasty person but there's still quirks that they have so that was something I wanted to make sure I did with with each character I wanted them to have a part of them that may be likable or a bit funny or stuff like that you've clearly put a lot of thought into every character in the book Every single one is based off someone I know or, or someone I've met before or things like that or situations I found myself in. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure, because some of the story, it's quite high drama, it's quite extreme, the things that happen. Um, I wanted to make sure that the characters felt 
real enough that you kind of can accept this the extreme sort of murder mystery or the things that have happened it will be more accepted if all the characters felt real hopefully <laughs> so speaking of characters ben have you have you ever googled yourself since you published a book no i haven't no wouldn't dare <laughs> not even tempted <laughs> oh, i'd hate to see what comes up so no <laughs> See, we've planted that seed now, April. <laughs> we have, yes. Yeah, the next the next thing that, that you'll be doing, Ben, is you'll be going on, on the computer and Googling yourself and seeing what's... I will. <laughs> it's a really weird thing to do that, actually, Google yourself. But it can be quite, it can be quite interesting. Brilliant. So for everyone that's curious, then, where can we find you online? I'm everywhere. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, I've got a Facebook page which says Ben Andrews Author, which again doesn't feel like it should say that, but I was told to have a Facebook page. Own it, Ben. Own it. Yes, yes. And um, TikTok. I'm on all the social medias and Instagram. Just search my name, Ben Andrews, and hopefully good positive things will, will appear. Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us today and letting us all get to know you a little bit better. That's okay. My pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I've been listening to the podcast for a while and, you know, this is just another sort of added bonus for releasing a book. Something that I didn't expect to happen is be interviewed on a podcast and be able to talk about the book. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, it's nice to learn about the book, but it's also nice to learn about you, your writing process, your thoughts behind what you're doing and what inspired it, which has all been really interesting to learn. Yes, thank you very much, Ben, for uh, for joining us and giving us that insight into yourself and the book. My pleasure. It's interesting that that's the first author interview we've had where the author has kind of used his writing as self-therapy for anxiety and other mental issues that they're having and how candid and brave was it to bring that up during the interview yeah i thought he was very very brave to uh, to do that and it was it was a very it was very interesting to to actually listen to how it helped him and the, the sorts of things that you know the therapy that it that it gave him another thing that i thought was interesting was while Ben was using it like a self-therapy type tool. The character in the novel that he used was the dead guy. Yeah. Which spins my mind a little bit. You know, why use the dead guy? Yeah, I, want, I did want to ask about that, but I thought perhaps maybe I was prying a little bit too into too much personal stuff. I know what you mean. But yeah, very, very insightful. Yeah. I was I was impressed that he brought that much personal information to the table and I have to thank Ben again for doing so. Yeah, we did get to know him quite well, actually, in that interview. Yeah, maybe it'll encourage other writers to do similar. Yeah. Anyway, what have we got coming up next? The next book that we can start reading now is Rapid Eye Movement by Amanda Sheridan. That's the one we want to talk about this time next month. Mm-hmm. Haven't started it yet, have you? No, I haven't, not yet. Well, I'm saying I haven't started it. I have, actually. I've read the first two or three pages. Yeah. Uh, and, and I must admit, the first couple of pages that I read kind of got me hooked in a bit. So 
I'm looking forward to to completing it. Oh, that's a good start then. I like it when they do that. Yeah. I think there's a sequel to Rapid Eye Movement. So if that goes well, maybe I can have a read of the one after. But haven't we got something planned for May? Oh, this good news you teased everybody with at the beginning. Go on, then put everybody out of the misery. Right. So as everybody knows, um, we went to uh, a place in Long Eaton, which is in Derbyshire, um, on the 11th of April. And Daisy and I did an evening um, with the uh, creative friends of Copper Cogs. And we talked about our podcast and we talked about the flash fiction and we got audience participation to write us stories. And what we said on the night was we would pick the best three of those stories and we would make a bonus episode. So we've picked our favourite three, which, believe you me, wasn't easy because we're both so completely different. True words, true words. Anyway, we've got our best three and those are going to be going out in May. So what what dates are you going to be releasing those, Daisy? Because it's Daisy that does all our sort of editing and releasing and etc. So come on then, give the dates out of when they're going to be available for people to listen to. So what we decided to do was to give each of our three favourites their own moment in the limelight, if you like. So each story that is our favourite is going to go out one at a time. So you will have your very own Bear Books Bite Size episode with your story alone. And one will be on the 24th of May, one will be on the 25th of May, and the final one on the 26th of May. And we're not going to tell you who those three are. You'll have to wait and see and tune in, won't you? And what we want you to do is when you've listened to them, we want you to go on Twitter and we want to hear your thoughts about them. So we are on Twitter. We are Bear Books Pod 1. But we do want to know what you thought about them. But don't we have a flash, a, a flash fiction episode coming up in between now and the review of Amanda's book? On the 15th of May, we have our next flash fiction episode. And the writing prompt for that is Bureau. And before you all sit there twiddling your thumbs thinking, what am I going to write about a sideboard? It's not necessarily a writing bureau. It could be MI5. It could be something to do with 007. FBI. Any kind of bureau or something else entirely. Whatever comes into your imagination when you're thinking on the word. This was a suggestion, actually, Bureau from Carolyn Ward-Daniels. So thank you for that. If you don't like it, blame her. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if you can't think of anything to write, it's her fault. Get those into us by the 11th of May, no later than the 11th of May, to submissions at barebooks.co.uk. We will put a reminder of the writing prompt on all of our social media. So if you do forget, there they will be. So we will uh, see you again on the 15th of May. See you on the 15th. Take care of each other. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Now you've had a listen, why not pop over and join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or if you want to send in your stories, email us at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk.